Welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Today, Apostle continues in the faith series that he has been running during our midweek services as he preaches a sermon entitled, The Levels of Faith. Grab your Bibles, your pens, your notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Thank you, Lord. You're welcome to this service that will change your life forever. I am going to start teaching, and it's a continuation of the faith series. And this evening, I'm going to be looking at the levels of faith. We'll be looking at the levels of faith. This is something that probably we'll finish in the next two to three weeks. But tonight we're looking at the levels of faith. I want us to understand something. I want us to understand certain things about faith. And the first one I'll mention is this. Faith is traceable. Faith is traceable. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen to me. If you have any amount of faith, it can be traced to something you've heard. It can be traced to the word of God that you have heard. Because the word of faith, the, 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 your faith, the faith in your spirit is proportional to the word that you have heard and that you have grabbed a hold of. What I'm saying is faith is traceable. So if you meet a person whose faith you admire, you must know that there is something they've heard. There is a message they've heard. There is something that has been deposited in their spirits because faith is traceable. I also want you to know something. In the same way faith is traceable, you can also trace lack of faith. Lack of faith can be traced to something someone has not heard. If a person has not heard that Jesus is the healer, if a person has not heard that Jesus is deliverer, you cannot expect them to have the same faith as a person who's heard all those things. That's why you must be careful what you expose yourself to. Because similarly, fear is traceable. Fear is traced to something that you have heard. Haven't you noticed that you'll be watching, uh, I was watching this documentary and it was rather unfortunate. And it was showing some of the accidents that have taken place in zoos. It's quite interesting that many accidents that take place in zoos take place with kids. You know why? Because here is a child and they've grown up listening to baby shark to do to do to do. And so as far as they're concerned, a, a shark is that thing that they dance with. And so they go with their parents to an aquarium and they see a shark. They've not heard that this thing can harm them. Before you know it, the child is trying to enter the shark tank. That means there is something they've not been exposed to. That's why they are not afraid of that shark. Unfortunately, that, that one, the ignorance is a little, it can cost them. But what I'm trying to say is faith is traceable. The faith that you have right now can be traced to the messages you've heard. It can be traced to the word that you've read. It can be traced to somewhere. Similarly, the faith that you don't have right now can be traced to messages that you've skipped. Who knows, maybe somebody is scrolling through right now and they've come just on that part. Praise God. The faith that you don't have 
can be traced to messages that you've scrolled on, can be traced to scriptures you've not read, can be traced to preachers you've not listened to. And praise God that after tonight, your faith will propel to higher levels. The second thing I want you to know about faith is that faith is measurable. Faith is measurable. It's possible to measure faith. I want us to take a look at Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse 1. Hebrews 11 and verse 1. The Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Notice it says faith is the substance, meaning you can measure it. So you can get it and put it on this scale and there's weight that it's going to have because faith is measurable. Faith is measurable. Let's look at Hebrews 12 verse 2. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, meaning our faith starts from somewhere and goes up to somewhere. There is somewhere it must grow to. There is somewhere your faith must grow to. You must understand that God's idea is not to have a million babes in the Lord. God's idea is for those babes to grow. Of course, it starts with having babes, and then they must grow. What I'm trying to say is God's idea is a perfect man unto the stature of Christ. So he's not just the author of your faith. He's also the finisher. So there's somewhere your faith is heading to. Your faith must grow. Let's just look at another scripture that shows that faith is measurable. Let's go to Romans 12 verse 3 from the King James. The Bible says, For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as hath God dealt to every man the measure of faith. Notice, it's a measure. Have you seen that word? The measure. And I find it interesting that we're being told scripturally that we must think according to our faith. So we must think according to how we are faithing. So if you want to know how to think of yourself, think of yourself the faith perspective. And how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by what? Hearing by the word of God. Praise God. So think according to the measure of faith God has given us. So the Bible tells us and shows us that faith is measurable. Now, having known that faith is measurable, I want us to look at some of the different levels of faith. And we're going to start from number one. We'll call number one, no faith. We'll call it no faith. The, this scripture is sobering. The scripture I'm going to read to you. Why it's sobering is because it doesn't even apply to unbelievers. No, when I'm talking about unbelievers, we'll talk about unbelief. We'll talk about disbelief. But now we are talking to believers. And there is something that was written that shows you that the faith that a person has, can you imagine, ladies and gentlemen, that someone can even reduce their faith? Someone can be at level 10 in faith and then go down to level 2. It's actually possible. It's actually possible for someone to have been in the faith and then leave it. It's actually possible. 
Don't you remember Jesus saying, remember the height from which you have fallen? That's what he said in the book of Revelation. It's actually possible for a person to fall down in the area of faith. Where a person looks back, 2010, they were on fire. 2015, they were on fire. 2018, they were on fire. All of a sudden, 2020, they've got different ideologies. What has happened to their faith? It's actually possible. It's sobering. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. You know, the biggest question, should I say the biggest, one of the biggest ways in which many people are deceived by false prophets is because many of them start out true. Look at what it says. The Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Look at countries that built their nations on faith. Look at people that built their institutions, built their ministries, built their workplaces on faith. And then suddenly, they, they've got question marks over things that they believed before. You used to believe in tithing. Suddenly, you're questioning it. You used to believe in, in offering. You used to believe in healing. You used to believe in raising the dead. Suddenly, you're questioning it. Has your faith in that level reduced? All those are signs. And, 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 and I must tell you, when it comes to your faith, you have to guard it. Guard it. It's like a person who weighs 100 kilograms. There is a way they have to maintain eating because those kilograms can start going down. That's if they want to maintain 100 kilograms. <laughs> so it says, in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Oh my God. Like, here is a person there in Lusaka. They've departed from Lusaka to go to Kawe. And can you imagine what being told some will depart from the faith? So they're in this realm called faith, and they decide to depart to the realm called deception. Don't let that happen to you. Some of you could be listening to me. You used to be a firebrand intercessor. You used to be that person who would take the work of God personal. You used to prophesy. You used to dream dreams. You used to disciple others. But now you're comfortable with just sitting and watching online services. What has happened to you? What has happened to your faith? It starts with one thing, then another thing, then another thing. Before you know it, you've backslidden. And backsliding starts from the heart. It starts when your heart is no, longer, is no longer moved concerning the things of God. I will share something interesting that happened last night, uh, this morning actually. I, I usually love to take my prayer time at about midnight. And there are times I take it at another time, especially if I'm very tired. But if I take it at another time, I try not to do that two days in a row because I don't ruin my personal discipline. So I remember last night was one of the nights I was extremely tired, this morning actually. It took me five or 10 minutes to get out of bed just to pray. And I decided that I won't kneel. I will not sit in one position for a long time. I was going to walk about and walk about because come what may, I had to pray. Least I train myself that there should be any reason why I can't pray. What am I saying? Guard it. There's a statement Jesus made that touches me every time I read it. It's from Luke 18, verse 8. Jesus is saying, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? Oh my God, that's a question he had. Imagine, he asks, say, when the Son of Man returns, is he going to find faith? It's actually possible for a person to start off well and then along the way 
exchange their faith for fear. They sell their faith for fear. Do you still believe? Does the report of the Lord still move you? How we know that there are some people who believe, who don't believe. You can look at Romans chapter 10, and you can look at verse uh, 17. The Bible says, maybe from 16, the Bible tells us, they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So Isaiah was actually asking, who has believed? Who are they who have believed? Who has believed? Who has chosen to believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, and to, to, yesterday today, and forevermore? Who has chosen to believe that miracles still happen? Who has chosen to believe that the deaf still hear? Who has chosen to believe that the blind still see? Who has believed? So don't be at that place where you're not having faith at all. And I, and I must mention something. Usually, when a person's at that place, the biggest thing they question are the foundationals. Where suddenly you're walking, you ask yourself, does God really exist? Where you start asking, does God really uh, love us? Does God? The moment you start questioning foundationals, my friend, my brother, get on a word of God diet, get on a renewing your mind diet, because don't lose the very thing that saved you. And do you, remember, and you know, there, there's only one cure to this if you're in a backslidden state. Jesus said, repent and do the works you did before. That's what he says. Repent and do what you used to do. So you used to go to church. Suddenly you don't go to church. You, you might be watching me and this COVID thing has got nothing on you because it's not like you were going to church in the first place. The moment the churches are open, rush back. Do the things you used to do again. You used to serve in the ministry and then you got a better job. And suddenly, you, it started feeling like it's too low for you because your salary is too high to be serving in church. Come on, repent and do the things you did before. Don't be at that place where you backslide when it comes to your faith. Oh, Lord, may I never be among them. May I never be among them. And, and, you know, these are the kind of messages where you shouldn't sit and think it's your neighbor's sermon because the Bible says, let he that is standing take heed least he fall. What I mean to say is, when it comes to a message that challenges the very core of your faith, you must always look at yourself and say, what can I do better? Praise God. So there are those who are in that place, and by virtue of you having stopped paying attention and listened to what I've said, just by these words I've spoken, faith has been imparted to your spirit. Oh, Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe. Ah, Jesus, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Praise God. I believe. Someone who is watching and listening. Oh, you are a much better believer when you are in Sunday school. Get back to that childlike faith. Get back to that faith that just wanted to serve. Get back to that faith that just believed God for big things. Now, the next level of faith we're going to look at is little faith. We're going to look at little faith. Little faith. Somebody say glory. glory. Say one more time. Glory. So we're going to look at little faith. Now, remember, for you to understand this sermon, 
you have to understand the fundamentals I mentioned earlier. The first part of those who have no faith, remember what I said about how faith is traceable. And so now when it comes to little faith, remember I said faith is measurable. And so it's based on what you have heard. And we're going to read... Um, Matthew chapter number 8, verse 23 to 27. Matthew 8, verse 23 to 27. The Bible says, Now when he got into a boat, the disciples followed him. And suddenly a great storm arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us! We are perishing! But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. I want you to realize something. Jesus was in their boat. Did they really think you would die with the Son of God in your boat? Jesus was in their boat, and he was asleep. You know, um, and then they told him to do what they were supposed to do. And notice the prayer they made was not even a prayer of faith. It was a prayer of fear. There are times people pray. You know, sometimes uh, you find there's a really, really bad situation, and uh, maybe let's say someone is in hospital, and you find someone, people will just come and say, mm, for those who are not uh, of this local dialect, what that means is the only thing that has remained now is to pray. Are you telling me that that's when you're thinking of praying? What I'm trying to say is usually when people make that statement, it's not even a statement of faith. Usually it's a statement of things are so bad that they're fearing that at the end of the day they want to pray so that if things go wrong they should say at least it was God. Oh, I, I, I went there. I, I don't know if you're getting my point. Usually, whenever you hear people say, eh, where the situation has reached now, it's just to pray. They're like the disciples in the boat. Usually, it's breath from fear and it's breath from doubt. It's because they don't think the person will recover. But there is another type of people who, when they say, we will pray, they are not praying because they're afraid. They're praying because they know it works. And so Jesus tells them, oh, ye... Why are you fearful, you of little faith? So little faith is when faith is a little. <laughs> and remember what I said, faith is traceable. It's traceable to what? The word that you've heard. So a person of little faith has usually heard very little of the word. There are things they've not heard. And so their faith is a little. Oh, some of the things they may have heard, but they've not paid attention to them. It's like the sower who sowed seed. I, I, I hope you're getting what I'm saying. And what else? It can be traced to little knowledge. Little faith can be traced to little knowledge when it comes to a subject matter. I remember one time, um, there was somebody who came to me for prayer. And this person was believing God for, uh, for him to just do something. It should have been with a job or something. Just, there was something they were believing him for. And so we prayed. And so God worked a miracle in their life and it happened. 
And so about some weeks later, they brought their house help for me to pray for them because they had a problem with their health. And so while I was talking to them, I think I got a word of knowledge or I asked, I don't remember, but I discovered that the person who brought them also had a problem with their health. So I said, oh, let me pray for you as well. I said, no, 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 I think let's just use today's power on her because she needs it more than I do. God blesses us differently. For me, he's blessed with a job. Another person he will bless with health. And then, you know, what have you heard? Or what have you not heard? I said, says who? He's got enough for everyone. You know, when I read uh, in economics on public goods, there's something that amazed me about them. One thing that, what amazed me about them is that they are non-exclusive. If I'm using the streetlight, it doesn't block another person from using a streetlight. Oh, praise God. They are non-exclusive. That's the way God is. There is enough of him for everyone. If I'm standing under the sun, it's not blocking another person from standing under the sun unless they are standing under me. That's the way God is. And you see, the sun at the same time is supplying vitamin D to this one, at the same time supplying solar power to this one. It just depends on what you decide to connect to it. Praise God. You can imagine people can have the same resources and yet experiencing different things because they've, they've chosen to connect different things to it. Somebody else is having electricity from the sun because they've, they've connected a solar panel, so they've, they've, they've managed to get something from it. The satellites which are up there are available for everyone, but not everyone uses them. So you can imagine there are signals of every channel in the world. We can catch those signals here. But there are some decoders which have been made in such a way that they can only catch two. Then there are others we can only catch ten. But then there are others which catch what they call the full bouquet. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So what I'm saying is little faith is when a person has little knowledge. And so what usually results is that it, it's like you're afraid, but you're trying to have faith. So look at this. They come to Jesus, but really they are afraid. Little faith manifests in fearfulness. That's how it manifests. You can imagine the whole lot of a believer the whole lot of a believer, they hear there are 36 cases of some, of, of some confirmed disease. The whole lot of a believer can post, we are all doomed. That's Where is your faith? That's little faith. The whole lot of a believer, the whole lot of a believer can be studying for years and telling themselves they'll never have a drop. The whole lot of a believer. Which Bible have they read? What have they believed? My friends, have you paid attention to the things in the book? Have you paid attention to these words? There's only one cure for little faith. We'll go to it. Let's go to Matthew 14, verse 27. Oh, I feel this. I feel this. I feel this. Come on. I want you to post a clapping emoji on um, <laughs> whatever platform you're using. This is a point where you clap. So you post like some clapping emoji. Praise God. And I also want you to take screen grabs of this. Take photos of your televisions, your PS4s as you're watching this. And just praise God. Now, Matthew chapter number 14. And we're going to read from verse 24. I do that almost every service, eh? And now the Bible says, let's start from verse 22. Um, verse 21. 
Great is thy faithfulness. Can we have 21? Oh Lord, my Father. Okay, so it says, those who had eaten about 5,000 men, besides women and children. Go on. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So I want us to picture this. Jesus tells the disciples, enter the boat and go the other side. That's what he told them. Now, would Jesus tell you to go somewhere and you won't reach? Let's go on. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Why didn't any of them stand up and say in the name of Jesus, peace be still? Uh-huh. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Some of the most passionate prayers you see might not actually be prayers of faith. And yet the Bible says, The effect of fervent prayer of a righteous man. Those are prayers of faith. I've seen some people cry passionate prayers because they're just afraid. Oh, but there's a generation of faith. Praise God. And they cried out for fear. Let's go on. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. You know, I can imagine what was going through Jesus' mind. Like you're just walking, probably he was even whistling like, and you know, he's walking and then he sees them and he says, no guys, don't worry. It's not like I'm doing anything spectacular. I'm just walking on water here. <laughs> Let's go on. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to the water. Uh -huh. And he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Before we go, that, 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 that's some faith. He actually walked on the water to go to Jesus. You see that faith should cause you to have the same results Jesus has. Uh -huh. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, oh, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Now wait there. I want us to observe something. Firstly, when he was saying, if it is you, let me walk on the water. Wasn't the wind already boisterous? It was. When he was starting to walk on the water, wasn't the wind already boisterous? It was. It was already boisterous. But what happened? In the initial stage, there was someone he was paying attention to. And then he changed and paid attention to something else. He paid attention to a different circumstance. He paid attention to a wind which was already there. I mean, when, when God told you to begin that business, when God told you to begin that ministry, you started. Suddenly you saw the rent bills. <laughs> Suddenly you... You saw how challenging the business world is. What, what has happened to your focus, man of God? What has happened to your focus, child of God? What has happened to your focus, businessman? What has happened to it? Remember where he got you from. And so when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. Oh, this is amazing. This man could have died in the presence of Jesus. 
Can you imagine the number of people going to the grave sick in the presence of health? Can you imagine how many people are being tormented in the presence of deliverance? How many people are being oppressed in the presence of the deliverer? Because faith is you. And so he was afraid and he began to sink and he cried, Lord, save me. Let's go on. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And look at what Jesus says to him. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? In the first instance, we saw that little faith can be seen through fear. In the second instance, we see that little faith is seen through doubt. And he says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And we've all been here. We've all been in that place of doubt. We've all been there. Praise God. So he says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? What's the whole point of doubting? Praise God. There is no need to doubt. And I want us to see something else about this. I want us to notice, I want us to notice, ladies and gentlemen, that little faith can get you started off, but little faith does not finish the job. You know, there are people who pray and scriptural prayers at the beginning of their spiritual life, and then later on they begin to say things like, you know... God only answers babies. No, no, no. Little faith can get you started off. When you grow up, my friend, it doesn't finish the job. Little faith can get you started off. Or you can start with those, if it is your will, heal me prayers. They can get you started off. Don't form a doctrine out of them. That's why you should be careful what you form a doctrine out of. Because sometimes it's just God's mercy. Sometimes it's just, God, it's just God's mercy. You can't live your entire prayer life praying, I believe, help my unbelief. Not your entire prayer life. That's not the way Jesus taught us to pray. Little faith does not finish the job. It can start it, but it doesn't finish the job. Oh, I would like to encourage someone who's... I, I, I got a call yesterday from a pastor, and you were saying, Pastor... We have become your online members. We've been watching your church. I would like to encourage a man of God who's watching. You can start off in the ministry. There's a place for toughness. There's a place where you have to say, where, where you have to grab a hold of what God has said. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion doesn't always sleep. There are days when it has to roam around and grab a hold of that deer. I hope you're getting my point. So little faith can get you started. Be careful with some of the prayers you prayed as an early believer. Be careful because don't form a doctrine out of experiences which may have been false, which may have just been an act of God's mercy. As you grow up, you're going to have to find a way to maintain, and you can only maintain by growing your faith. So what's the cure for little faith? There's only one cure for little faith. You have to put yourself on a strict diet of the word of God. There's only one way faith increases. Faith comes by hearing. Let's go there. It's Romans chapter number 10, verse 16. Faith comes by hearing 
and hearing what? The word of God. You have to put yourself on a diet of the word of God. I remember there was a time when, verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing, that's Romans 10, and hearing by the word of God. I remember there was a time when I was having challenges with my health and every day kept getting worse and it was affecting certain parts of me that I needed to use for me to be able to do my ministry well. And it kept getting worse and worse. You know what I decided to do? I decided to go back and read the very scriptures I believed on health. And when I would read, I would, I would, I would read them like it's the first time. I went and read my own writings on this teaching. Because there's only one way faith grows, and it's by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Expose yourself to the word. Have you noticed that suddenly we've got doctors everywhere? Everybody is a health professional now. Everybody can tell you the details, how certain infections start, how they finish, and the like. Why? Because they're being exposed to that knowledge every day. They're being exposed daily. But there's a way faith comes. It comes by hearing, and it comes by hearing the word. That's how faith comes. That's the only way it comes. Put yourself on a strict diet of the word of God. Avoid the wrong knowledge. Go for the knowledge of the word. Get the word of God into your spirit. The word always works. Praise God. When you join us next week, we're going to look at weak faith. And then we, we may look at both strong faith and we'll also look at great faith. Now, if you've been listening to me, this message has not come for your condemnation, no. It has come to awaken you to greater realms. It's come to awaken you to higher levels. It's come to awaken you to greater places that God is calling you for. God is calling you for the very greater levels. He's calling you for the very higher realms. Praise God. I want you to lift your hands. Now, if you're watching me and you've not given your life to the Lord, you have an opportunity right now. I want you to say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as my Lord and Savior, and I give you my life. I want you to reach out to us. I want you to comment, or you will see the details if it's a podcast. Reach out to us and just tell us, I've just given my life to Christ. I also want to take a moment to pray for those whose faith has been shaky, those who've backslidden, those who've not been in the right place. In the name of Jesus, the Bible says that those who are spiritual should restore such a one. I pray for your restoration. I pray for your restoration. You shall walk in that fire again. You shall walk again in those levels that you are walking in. And even greater realms than these shall you walk. I declare your restoration is tonight. All those sins, you are forgiven of them. And in the name of Jesus, you are walking in greater levels now. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want you to take this moment and just profess with me. Say, in the name of Jesus, I am a man of faith. I'm a person who obeys God's word. God's word rules in my heart. God's word rules in my life. God's word rules in my mind. God's word rules in my body. And because of the word of God in me, I dominate all sectors. All things are mine. The earth has been given to man. Therefore, all things are mine. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus for every person that's watching. All things are working together for your good. 
I declare all things as a position to work for your good. Even what the enemy meant for your evil, God turns it around and it works for your good. Everything is employed for your sake. So give it orders. Listen to me. It's up to you to, it's up to a boss to give the employees orders. Everything is employed for your sake. Give it orders. Praise the Lord. Come on, just give the Lord a clap in this house. From where you are, just give the Lord a clap. Wow, what a message. I've been so blessed and I know you have been too. Now wherever you're listening from, we would like to hear from you. Get in touch with us. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0953-756076 or 0977-474679. If you're unable to call us, you can email us on the City of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com. Or reach us on the Facebook page, The City of the Lord Church. Until next time, stay blessed.